Hello, how you doing? I'm Craig Parkinson. You are listening to the Two Shot Podcast. Sit yourself down, pop the kettle on. We're going to have a nice old chat. Who's it with this week? I'm going to tell you right now. the devil are you yes it is thursday and we are into the first week of march with episode 116 it's march it's 2020 we're flying through the year and this week we head to london to meet the very very lovely kelly shirley more about that in a sec so a few notes for your diary as ever 28th of March, we are in Manchester at the Not Quite Light Festival, and I'm very pleased to announce that our first very, very special guest will be none other than Jenny McAlpine, who plays Fizz in Coronation Street. We are going to be talking all things Manchester, Salford, a bit of Corrie, a bit of Jenny's life. It's going to be a cracking, cracking afternoon and that's not the only guest another one to announce later in the week on the social medias um there will be a chance as well for you to get a question to jenny and our other special guest when it is confirmed so have a think get your questions in because i know sometimes when we do the live shows and if i throw it out people get a bit nervous or they can't think of a question i'm giving you time now i'm giving you you know almost a month to get your questions in. Speaking of questions, get your questions ready for Mr. Ben Miller the day after on the 29th at Birmingham Podcast Festival. We're going to be there live eight o'clock on stage with Ben Miller. I'm so thrilled. Now, do you remember? That sounded a bit disingenuous, didn't it? I'm so thrilled. I genuinely am so thrilled. I'm just trying to look at my notes and get everything through, but now I'm chuffed a bit that we've managed to secure Ben because he is currently on a book tour. And he's flitting about everywhere. So uh, he's managed to to make time for us. And I'm so pleased we could put it all together and bring you Ben live on stage for us in Birmingham. It's going to be a great night. Um, oh, now. No, where are we? Where, oh, that, right, here we are. So, do you remember last week when I was saying the first week of May this year? Just, just keep that open. I'm very very proud to say we have secured i'm doing this a bit backwards actually but we've secured our first city and our first venue and our first date so stand by your beds if you are in london on the 10th of may i want you to come down i am already trying to book in an extra special guest for that so 10th of may london I'll see you there. I'll let you know next week and on all the social medias about how you can get hold of tickets for that. We are trying to keep tickets as cheap as possible for you to come, obviously. Um, But as ever, the live shows are so cracking. It's always great to meet everybody and for you to come down and say hello. Um, But as soon as I've secured a guest for that, it will sell out quick, sharp. Uh, that's not a massive venue. We're trying to keep it as intimate as possible, as we do with all the live shows. Um, but, uh, yeah, if you're one of the lucky ones, we shall see you there, 10th of May, London. Now, thank you so much for all the messages, for the lovely positivity, positivity, can't speak, all the positivity vibes coming through for Mr. Andy Nyman from last week. An absolute tonic he was. So thrilled he came back on. And, you know, go down a different avenue of conversation. And uh, big shout out to Mr. Reece Shearsmith, who um, had a lovely listen and gave a nice little tweet out for us. So thank you so much for Reese. And, of course, you're probably all watching Inside Number 9. What an incredible show. It just keeps getting better and better, doesn't it? Um, and as I'm recording this, I think there is one on tonight. So hopefully, if I can get somebody to bed early, I might be able to watch it. Anyway, enough of my problems episode 116. We don't have any problems because we head to London to meet Kelly Shirley. Um, Big shout out to Native, Native Bankside, who gave us space to record in uh, their beautiful apart hotels. Uh, It's right next to the Tate Modern on the Thames. It's just the best venue. So if you are looking for somewhere to stay in London, go Native. Honestly, you'll have a fantastic time. So with Kelly Shirley... If you've been to the theatre, you might have seen her in many, many things. You might have seen her recently in One Man, Two Governors. 
on the telly. You'll have seen her EastEnders, I'm sure. And you will have seen her alongside past Two Shot Podcast favourite guest, Jimmy Akimbola in Sky One's In the Long Run. And it was lovely that she made time for us. She was off to the gym after we spoke, but she did bring me some chocolate biscuits. This is episode 116 with the brilliant Kelly Shirley. Enjoy. I shall see you at the end. <laughs> Kelly Shirley, I want to tell yeah. you why already now you're um, one of my favourite guests so far. Do you know why? Because <laughs> I'm orange. No, not because you're orange. <laughs> that would be a three thing, but I've only got two things to tell you why you're already my favourite. <laughs> one, you turned up two minutes before... The ten thirty slot, so you're already ahead. Eager Beaver, already happy, and you brought a packet of chocolate hobnobs with you. What the, a creep! The only <laughs> other, the only other person to to bring presents, I believe, was Vicky McClaw in episode one. She 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 gave us like biscuits and things at her house, didn't she? Oh, and oh, someone wow. bakes us a cake as well. Yeah. I've never baked a cake ever in my life. I mean, uh, no. You know what I did at the, at the weekend because it was pissing it down, wasn't it? It was horrible. I had my little boy. And we wanted to go swimming, so we went over to the baths. And obviously everybody had the same idea. The queue was coming out of the door, and he just turned to me and he went, shall we not? And I went, yes. <laughs> I knew you were my son. Let's not do this. So I said, why don't we go and bake chocolate chip cookies? Now, I am not. I like to cook, but I'm no baker at all. Mm. And we did it, and they were a huge success. Well done. Very pleased. I'm not getting into the baking thing now, though. It's not, it's not like I haven't like opened a door and I'm going to start baking a lot. It's a bit too much. I like to just play it by ear when I'm cooking instead of like measuring things out. I haven't got the time for it. I've got all the patience. Don't, don't do it, then. Don't do, don't do it. Mary Berry won't pick up that phone. Right, I'm not... Oh. <laughs> I'd just let it ring out, to be honest, if you did. I don't like going swimming with the kids because it, it's always so cold afterwards. You know, you go and have a swim and, mm. you know, for five minutes it's good, ten minutes, and then you're freezing, you're all in that little cubicle together and there's all plasters all over the floor and it's old just... sanitary towels. And oh, just... Where do you go swimming? That sounds absolutely <laughs> disgusting. Well, you know what I mean? It's all a bit gross, isn't it? It is a bit mucky. And, all, and all, yeah, you know, you're always the last one to get dry. I mean, I know, obviously you have to, because you have to put your children before yourself, apparently. So, yeah. so people say. <laughs> just, <Have> you, <laughs> just they're shivering. Yeah. Have you got two kids? Oh, twins. You've got twins? Yeah, yeah. Oh, they're, my God. Tell four. me. That they're, they're four. Yeah, they're, they are amazing. They're the, they're the best thing. They're funny. They laugh at my jokes. They think I'm... <laughs> they're, they're the best audience you could have. They really are. They are my number one fans. And I've, I just did, honestly, I just love, I love them so much. I mean, they're hard work, of course, but they've just started to play together a bit more. And oh, that's good. so I can leave them for f- five minutes, yeah. go and have a brew, and then come back. And yeah, they're, they're the, well, you know, you've got your yeah. kids. It's but like, I think anybody I that says it isn't hard work, yeah. I mean, I've only got one, and I find that, <laughs> I do find that hard yeah. work at times. Like, but, to be a good parent, isn't it? Because they need so much attention all the time. Mm. And I need so much attention. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> but um, yeah, they're just thank thank God I've got them. Seriously. Did you find it hard at the beginning being a working mum? Yeah, my God, of course. Like having to because it's such a, a gear <clears throat> shift and it's such a massive change, isn't it? Yeah, and having was... two at the same time. Yeah. And I remember like doing trying to trying to do self tapes because I could not get get my ass into gear with. Um, you know, getting them in, into town and having a mate come and meet me and whatever. And, you know, I do these self-tapes and have two bounces and be, have my legs <laughs> b- <laughs> bouncing and trying to do a tape at the same time without them crying. It was hard. That is multitasking to another level. I know. I've just got the image of you with the bounces <laughs> on the foot now. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, it's, um, yeah, it has been tricky. And, you know, also... Oh, I don't want to get into this right now, but I kind of do. But, um, you know, financially, just even going f- going for an audition and, like, putting him into childcare for, you know, h- half a day to get to get to somewhere to learn lines was, like, 100 quid a pop, you know, mm. because of having the two. So yeah. I wasn't able to go to some meetings and... 
I remember so they, they were like 21 days old and I went to Newcastle for a Ken Loach chemistry test for I, Daniel Blake, and I was broken. I'd done, had 90 minutes sleep, if that, yeah. brought them with me because my husband was working as a teacher at the time. Right. And so he didn't have any paternity left because we were in hospital for, yeah, like I say, two, two weeks. Right. And... Um, yeah, just these mad, I had this mad, crazy audition and I really wanted to do it, but I was all over the shop. Yeah. Naturally. Naturally, yeah. But it is really difficult <laughs> when you, I can't I mean, I can only but imagine like with twins, it's like, right, well, food needs to be put on the table and bills need to be paid. Yeah. But I need to look after these two. I need to try and audition to work, but I can't put them in care because that's really expensive. And also, you and I in... want to be with them as well yeah, at the exactly. same time. And also, you live in London. Yeah. And I remember when I lived in London for a short period of time, when he was very, very little, and we had to put him um, into into like day nursery. And I couldn't believe the prices. I know it's so expensive. I mean, it is much more expensive as as is anything with London, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, I just had bought a bacon sandwich this morning. It was five quid. Whoa. I mean, it, look, it was nice bacon, but, you know, it was five quid for a bacon butty. I mean, that's... And up north, would it be 99p? Probably. What are you trying <laughs> to say? I'm not, <laughs> not flying the flag for the north, but, yes, it is a much better place to live, Kelly. <laughs> oh, I love it. I love it up there. I love it. Tell me about... Where did you grow up? I grew up in Croydon. Croydon? Mm-hmm. Who else, who else grew up in... I'm trying to think... Because um, there's so many connections between you and this podcast, which we'll get onto later. Okay. But obviously, Jimmy Akinbola. Oh, yeah. And what a ledge. I'm, I think I'm right in saying Tom Bennett is yeah. brought up in Croydon. Do you know Tom? Yeah, I know that name. <laughs> Honestly, since, since since I've had them, I'm brain dead most of the time. You can't be complaining of baby brain when they're four years old, Shirley. Come on. <laughs> Come on now. Don't pull I that can. one with me. I can. Sometimes I do worry that I've got early onset dementia. I do. I think, oh, I can't remember basic things. That's just, just, just age. Just because you look oh, 12. Oh, <laughs> That was a backhanded compliment then, really. So tell me that about... That was just backhanded. <laughs> yeah, it was, wasn't it? Yeah. We'll <laughs> remove the compliment. Croydon. Croydon. Um, for the uneducated, it? which I am about Croydon, tell me more. Tell you, have you been there? No. No. Um, it's, it's, um, it claims to be in London, but it's also, it also claims to be Surrey. So it's a, mi- it's a mixture of <laughs> kind of trying to be urban and being kind of, um, what's the word, suburbia. Right, okay. It's a real mishmash of that. Um, it's, it's, it's coming, it's, it's much better now. Now that I go back there every now and again and look around it, they've got a box park, they're trying to freshen it up a bit. Yeah. They've got loads of new builds, and but but in their 80s and 90s, it was a real shithole. But I like that. I like, that's, you know, they've got real people there that lived there for years and years. And... Look, I'm, I'm born and brought up in Blackpool. I know, well, you, well, I, I know a shithole when you see Well, yeah, And bingo. But, I mean, what more do you need? I mean, not that I would swim. In the same in Blackpool, it doesn't. It's never been very appealing. Nice. Well, it's a very murky shade of brown. You don't really want that in the summer, do you? Not ever. Well, no. <laughs> and you, you'd just be swimming, and probably a nappy stick to your face. So oh. you, you don't really want that. And the Blackpool tourist board are going to be all over me for this if they are, aren't they? Yeah, but now it's much nicer. <laughs> <laughs> The, the word of Kelly Shirley there, as she knows. She I went knows. to a hen party there and it was brilliant. Of course you did. It was so good. We went, obviously, and did... We went, Wow, we went, went to that place, you know, with all the with the drag queens. You went to Funny Girls, didn't funny you? Funny Girls! That used to be, when I was growing up, I was talking to somebody about it the other day, so I've got a bit of bacon. I did wonder what you were doing. A bit of bacon come up from my teeth there. Um, <laughs> I told you it was, it was nice bacon. Um... So that building that you went to, it's beautiful Art Deco, Art Deco building, yeah. isn't it? So that used to be my Odeon Cinema. And they've got, you know, those big sweeping staircase that they've got when you go in. Yeah, so you yeah. used to walk up there and go into the cinema. So that used to be my cinema. Wow. Yeah. There's always a, a romantic sort of notion about that building for me. You, and now it's a brilliant... And have I've you been, seen... Have you been there? Yeah, I've like, been to Funny Girls, yeah. What oh, a great night so out. so good. It's really good, isn't it? It's, yeah, quality. Quality was, was show. It mobbed when you went there? Yeah, and we, we had the, the dinner there as well. Oh, did you? Yeah, was, you had a full-on experience. Yeah, um, 
you know, proper like um, old prawn cocktail with sliced bits of white bread and is absolute classics like you're growing yeah, back exactly. to 1986. Yeah, 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 proper classics um, and loads of cheap booze. Uh, What's a hand party? What more do you need? It's and great. it's Blackpool. Yeah, it was, it was which perfect. Is what, it's what they do, and they do it very, very well. And then we stayed in a place that was £13 a night. It was what? £13. I just refer back to cheaper up north. There yeah. you go. And we did, it wasn't even like a... You know when you sometimes do like a pube search in the beds, you know, just to check, just to double what, check. Let's just re- rewind on that, a what search? Yeah, pube... Just to check, just to check. Right. You know? Okay. He got fresh sheets. Yeah, and... There was a hair extension. Not even a few, but... There was a hair extension. There was a fucking hair extension in the bed. Welcome to Blackpool. I thought, this is my place. (laughs) (laughs) These are my people. (laughs) So growing up in Croydon... Yeah. um, For a little bit, and then we moved. We went to... lived in a place called Biggin Hill for a bit, which is in Kent, in in a big valley. mm. A bit... Country fried, and then I moved. Then we moved to Orpington. Don't know if you know that either. That's in Kent too. Orpington, I've heard of. Orpington. It's like on the edge of London, starting to come into Kent. Right. Okay. And siblings? Got a brother. Yeah. Yeah, Bobby. Older. I mean, he looks much older, but I mean, he's younger than me. By Everybody me. looks much older than you. <laughs> See, I'm getting that. I'm, I'm trying to claw the compliment back, Kelly. I'll get there <laughs> by the end of this interview i'm sure um good times growing up why are we moving around so much so that seems quite a lot to me that you were moving around but i suppose was it spread out over the years yeah spread out um i suppose you know like having trying to find a decent school that kind of thing mm. i suppose um yeah and then we stayed in Orpington for a bit and then yeah and then my mum and dad have moved back back croydon way now oh have they pearly yeah Pearly. <laughs> That's the most London name I've ever heard. That's Pearly. what my daughter's called, Pearly. Is it? Yeah. <laughs> um, what did Pearl. your mum and dad do for a living? Uh, my mum was a nurse mm. and she, um, when we moved to Orpington, there's this place called the Cray, St Mary's Cray. Um, and she um, had a, a little practice for travellers. So that they, they rented a, a room in a... Um, little cottage just on the, on the outskirts of St Mary's Cray and she mm. would have a, yeah, had, had a, a practice for for the travelling community. So there's quite a big uh, community there. And they won't, you know, lots of people don't use the health service. Or, yeah. You know, doctors, they're frightened too, whatever. So mum just decided that that's what, what she wanted to go and do. And wow. she went and... So like when we were growing up as a kid, we always used to have like people's urine samples and blood in the fridge. Like you come down and have your um, you know, get your milk for your, yeah. your frosties and whatever, and they'd be like <laughs> best <laughs> in little tubes. Um, yeah, she's 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 rich, she's a good person, my mummy. Um, and then my dad worked um, for youth team for Crystal Palace. Oh, did he? Yeah, and so my mum and dad met at Crystal Palace football match. She, they, mum was trying to climb over the wall, and dad gave her a lift up. And so then, they were both sneaking in. Yeah, yeah. And then they, they've just literally just had their forty-year anniversary. Oh, really? Yeah. So we've been hearing lots of the stories about the have. old days, <laughs> the old days down Sellers Park. Um, so yeah, Crystal Palace is in our blood, big time. Are you a big supporter of that? Yeah, but I have, haven't been for for about yeah about. Four or five years since I've had my twins, just haven't had a chance to, you know, because obviously the language is a bit fruity, isn't it, to take them? Of course. And um, I bet you haven't had much time to do a lot, though, since the twins arrived. No, but hopefully in a couple of years. I, I started going to Palestine when I was about six, mm. so I think I'd like to take them. It's good, isn't it? Yeah. Well, you, also, you don't like football, well, so what are like talking football, about? But, but the thing <laughs> is, I understand where you're coming from with... <laughs> The sort of romantic memories of where your mum and dad met. And that's kind of nice, isn't it? You can pass those memories down to yours. We used to, when the, the, you know, when when all of the stands, so we used to stand in at the Arthur Waite stand, you know, when everyone used to, yeah, stand instead of sat sat down. Mm. And then there was all that, all that horrible stuff that happened, obviously, up with Hillsborough. And then they changed with all the seating, didn't they? Mm. And so when Crystal Palace had their uh, stadium smashed in, 
my dad got this massive lump of concrete from the stadium and they, he made it into, like, a rock garden. Right. Thing, and put it in the front... Oh, no, not uh, in the... Yeah, in the front room. And we'd all have to go and touch <laughs> <laughs> the piece of stadium concrete before the game. Like some sort so of that's just magical a, shrine. Yeah. <clears throat> anyway. You were saying before about moving around... Mm. Trying to find like the good schools. I think I think that's probably why, and other stuff as well. Which I don't need to become a therapy session, but some stuff happened basically, and we had to move. So, well, you, we don't have to talk about anything you don't want to talk about. Mate. Yeah, it's absolutely fine. So that that's that's why. Do you think the moving around affected <clears throat> anything to do with your school life? Yeah, or- maybe. maybe. Um, I mean, I don't. I've got a couple of mates from secondary school but not not really and what not really affected you or not really no, no, no. I haven't got you know like some of my my friends now um you know have friends that they went to school with yeah yeah, when, yeah. you know and they're still really good mate in fact my husband as well he's he's got like a group of five six mates from school and they are you know bestest of mates still now they go on like walk, walking trips and stuff um in um you know, the lakes and whatever. So I don't have that. But then I... So I left school when I was 15. I went to a place called the Brit School, which is in Croydon. It's a free uh, drama school, like state-run state drama school. And... And is that something that... Tell me more. I don't really know that much about the Brit School. Um, and it's funny because I think you're probably the first person on here in a few years that's ever gone to the Brit School. Wow. Tell me more about that. Um, <clears throat> so, it, like I say, it's a, it was a state-run drama dance school so it's like the brit awards it's it's their school um and it's kind of known for its it's music i suppose more like amy winehouse was there she was in the year below me um adele went there 10 years before (laughs) after me um and people like the kooks dane bowers i mean all the greats they're all there they're all there um this is something as with a lot of drama schools you would have to audition for oh, yeah, and yeah. then so how would they decide it because it was you obviously you didn't have to pay because it was state funded yeah i think it's i think it was in like means tested you have to prove that you i, I, I think that's what happened or maybe it's just done on talent i don't know i don't know but you, ha- you had to audition you had to do it'd be like drama school you have to have two pieces or whatever and do a little dance workshop and then come back again and mm. Because yeah. a lot of those people that you mentioned mm. who had been through that system, very, very musical. Yeah. Are you musical? <laughs> I, like, I like to have a sing. Oh, really? Oh, I th- are you being many... modest? Eh? Are you being modest? Mm. I like to have a sing. No, I like to sing, yeah. I'm not, I'm not going to say that I'm like Adele. I mean, <laughs> oh, my God. She's got some vibes, isn't she? Yeah. But, um... Yeah, I do like But did you have to prove yourself musically to get into this course? I had to do a song. I mean, this, this is like 20 years ago. Right. So I don't, it's, it's a hazy memory. Yeah, of course, I bet. Yeah. I'm not even going to go back to school if the hazy memory for Brit school is... I more was than it, 20 years ago. Yeah, that is more. Oh. But how did you find the time, though? Because was it like, as sort of per, was it a three-year course? Two years. It was, was a, t- a B Tech. Right, okay. Um. So you go there when you're... Yes, yeah, so, because I was I'm I'm one of the youngest. So you went so there I when left you were... fifteen. Went started when I was sixteen. Right, okay. And then yeah, yeah, and then then I went to I got a scholarship to go to a place called Weber Douglas, which doesn't exist anymore. It doesn't exist. Why doesn't it exist anymore? Because I used to know people that that went through there, but obviously I, I I didn't keep my finger on the pulse, and it just sort of disappeared. Why did it close down? Because they sold it off to developers, the people who were running it. This guy called Rafe Jago and Hilary, who was the drama teacher. They just his name ring? His name really rings a bell. Yeah. Rafe Jago. It's a great name, isn't it? It should be like an aftershave, shouldn't it? Or like a villain in a superhero <laughs> film. That <laughs> should be, shouldn't it? Go and see Rafe Jago. He's going to sort you right out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's a good shout. <laughs> so they sold it, what, like, to developers for flats? Yeah, and it, and it, and the, and it had a beautiful old theatre inside it. It had a great big cockerel above it. And um, so I remember somebody nicked the cockerel on the last day and 
And it was... Was it your dad? No. It's a bit like him stealing the concrete <laughs> from, the, from the stadium. Touch the magic cockle. <laughs> I wish she had nicked it. I wonder who has got that cock. I wonder You're, who's, who's we'll, got it. Well, we're going to find out. We'll put a plea out when we, <laughs> we release this episode. Okay? Um, it's so funny you say that because when I did my BTEC course yeah. in um, St Anne's, which is it's called the Blackpool and File College, it was a beautiful building. And it was ev- everybody who kind of wanted to sort of become an actor, sort of certainly train as an actor around the Northwest. Yeah would have come to it, come to Blackpool and File College. And I, and I went there after I left school when I was 16. And then a fair few years ago now, they sold that off to developers and just made it all into flats. Oh, man. It's really sad because it was such an iconic building and so many brilliant people had gone through there. Yeah. It had such history and now it's just it doesn't like... doesn't matter, does it? doesn't matter, it's just fucking money, isn't it? Which is really sad. Happens lots, isn't it? Just not with that, but so <clears> many things. It's yeah. happening more and more nowadays. And you, you know, there's that, that brilliant... Um, Oh, was it on BBC Four, like Secret History of Our Streets? And you see all the council who have like obliterated all those beautiful um, Victorian houses, mm. knowing places like Camberwell and and up and up in the north. And it's happening now, isn't it? You know, all those all those terrace houses mm. just being knocked down instead re- of it them being just sort of looked after and you know loved and if they need a bit of restoration yeah. then sort it out because it's history it's, it's history and it's so funny you know sometimes i walk down the streets in london and there's a, a particular street um because we're in we're over the the river now so it's in where is it it is near waterloo and it's round near the oh, old bit. It's called Rupel Street. Yes, Do you know I, it? I know exactly where you mean. Right, yeah. So you you you're walking down Waterloo. All cobbled, Bridge, isn't it? All cobbled, it's and you do you know you make a right turn into Rupel Street, and you've gone back like into the fifties or the sixties. It's so gorgeous, and that's why sometimes you can't walk down that street because they're doing loads of filming. Because that's you know it's one of the very few streets. Yeah, that, I filmed that. Oh, have you? I did a film called Run for Your Wife with Danny Dyer, <laughs> Judy Dench, and Neil Morrissey. Neil Morrissey, of course. <laughs> and Denise Van Outer. Yeah, and we filmed. We filmed down there. We filmed all around those those streets in a in a car chase. It's a great street, isn't it? Yeah, but you just don't see streets like that around anymore. I mean, there's a, there's a, probably more up north. <clears throat> than there is down here now. I'm sure you have to hunt around for them. It's yeah. a shame everything's developing. It's a bit I like know. Manchester, everything's being built in Manchester, big high-rises all the time. I know, we went there recently and just, you know, the northern quarter is just all skyscrapers, isn't it? And yeah. I, lo- I love that red brick of the north, that, you know, that whole Lowry. And it is lovely, isn't it? There's it, something very comforting. I it is, and romantic, it. and mm. just people's lives and history and... The working class, all those things, it just seems to have just be one big piece of glass now. Do you notice a change in sort of people's attitude when you go up north compared to... Because for me, I would go, oh, Kelly, yeah, she's right, Londoner. I would, do you know what I mean? Yeah. And sometimes when I'm in London, and it's and it's a bit of a stereotype, but it's like... No one's looking at each other. No one's talking to oh each other. Oh my god! I talk to everybody. And... Oh, well, I know that. Yeah, I can sense that. <laughs> well, where I live, so so we we live in the borough of Lewisham, and and so, I don't know. I, I just we, I, we we talk to everyone. I feel like I know. I feel like I know. So there's in the chat. There's and... a, I suppose what I was getting at is obviously, and I think you're probably going to say yes to this. Do you find where you are there's a sense of community? Yeah, I do. There you go. I right. do. I do. Well, I that's do. really important. I yeah. think. I think I, having kids as well. You know, like going to nursery, then you know, then you know like, who the mums and dads are, and you start meeting up and chatting. And well, you kind of forge relationships <clears> at, at you know at the very start based on the fact that you all had sex around the same time. That's basically it, isn't it? That would like that is, isn't it? See, that is. Sometimes if I'm at the school gates, that's how I base all my friendships, and that's how you should, because that's how they start. <laughs> but sense of community is really important, I think. Definitely, and and like you say, like up north, they're, they're 
there, there really is that, and I love going up there. And look, I'm not saying it's everywhere. Up yeah. north. I'm not saying oh, the north has a great sense of community, and I don't think the south does because I don't believe that for a second. Mm-hmm. But I'm saying sometimes whenever I go back, wherever I'm working there, there's a sense of ease, a, a sense of naturalness yeah. of, of community. It's kind of it's effortless, I suppose. But then again, maybe I just haven't lived in the right places in London. I think that's what it is. You know. If you live in Westminster, it's going to be different to living in... Do you think I look like I've lived in Westminster, Kelly? <laughs> no. I just live North London a lot. Yeah, I've lived in North London for a little bit, in, in, in Crouchons. I used to live in Crouchons. Well, every actor has. With Danny Mays. Oh, did you? Yeah. And it was like, oh, I'm <laughs> just going to go to Budgeons down and get some milk, and then you bump into like everybody. That's why you know. I moved. Too much. It was too much. I, I was. I worked. I. I lived there when I was doing EastEnders because the journey from Crouch End to L Street is like half an hour. Oh, so that's why there's loads of EastEnders yeah, people so living in Crouch End because it's you can get up later and have a lion and then still get to and work. You, and yeah, and of course you don't have any transport because it's BBC, so you have to get yourself there. So you want to live as close ish as possible, mm. but maybe not in L Street because that's a bit weird. Is it? Why is that a bit weird? What living on the doorstep of. No, I, mean, I, I meant sort of Elstree as the area. Is it a bit odd? <laughs> I don't like old Elstree. Right, but... We can beep it out, Kelly, it's fine. <laughs> I mean... Let's move on. Let's move on from that. <laughs> Let, I want to go back because we were talking about leaving the Brit School because that was the BTEC and for people yeah. who... Because loads of people who listen to this who have nothing to do with like the arts at nothing all. Nothing to do. Well, nothing. Although they've got loads to do. Don't don't be putting words into my mouth to our beautiful listening community. Kelly you, said it. <laughs> you cut me off. Um, and so you would do the B Tech, mm. which will get you on the ladder to lead up to to go and train at drama school. Yeah. Really, that's... that's kind of the path that people used to take anyway. Um what how were your feelings during the was it three years at Weber Douglas? Yep. How did you feel around during that time? Because it's a step up and it's very different to the training that you would receive prior to it. Yeah. I mean, I, I prefer going, going to Brit school because it was very mixed and there was people from all walks of life and it was just, it was just real. There was, and when I went to Weber, it was... There was a few. There was, I mean, um, there were some lovely people there. Don't get me wrong. Mm. Really, but it was a little bit like a finishing school back then, mm. you know. And so, I mean, I, I, le- I learned loads there, and, it, and it's you know, it's, it's, it was good to be working on plays and you know, and experiencing a different different types of people and different. But it wasn't my vibe. <laughs> In what respect did it, did it? Take itself a bit too seriously. Yeah, a little bit. And I don't know, going to drama school, it's all about you, isn't it? It's all about the way you look, the way you walk, the way you present yourself. It's all like you, you, you. Whereas when we were at Brit School, we, we did community projects and we did... Um, it just felt like it was for a purpose. Like the the stuff we were doing, stuff we were creating was... Yeah, was was for people and it meant something. There was a connection more. Whereas when we were at drama school, it was all a bit about packaging yourself as this final thing. And I don't know. Does it make you uncomfortable? Yeah, I suppose. But, you know, if I hadn't have gone to, you know, gone there, then I wouldn't have got my agent and all those things because yeah. I wasn't connected. You know, I did, my family wasn't, couldn't help me, you know, to, to get those... Yeah, yeah, you know what I'm saying. Yeah, I do know what you're saying. <laughs> I think that when you're at the Brit School, you were what you were doing. You were more in touch with. A, you had a more of a sense of reality yeah. than you did when you were in the sort of drama school in bubble. The bubble, bubble yeah. thing. It's funny, isn't it? Because at that time, though, going to drama school, were you able to get a grant? I was really lucky. My my dad had. Uh, become ill and he, so uh, didn't have obviously the ridiculous amount of money that it is to yeah. go and he was great He's he wrote letters to the principal uh, and ab- about our, our circumstances and um, I I was working at BAFTA at the time in the cloakroom um, 
And I, and I had a job um, working in a nursing home as well right. in Dartford. And anyway, so you were really grafting, weren't you? Yeah, well, you had to pay to, to go to the auditions, didn't you? Yeah, I think you, well, look, you still do. It was only a couple of weeks ago that I read, I forget what drama school it was, but they'd either half their fees or they'd cut it dramatically. And, and it's it still all, a lot, though, isn't it? Well, it's still a lot, I think. Even halving it? Even halving it is still a lot because... What we've also got to remember is, as we've established, not everybody lives in London. Mm-hmm. So then they've got to travel. Wait. Oh, yeah, yeah, of course. And yeah. if they're getting a coach down from wherever, which is obviously the cheapest way to travel, then that adds on time. And if people are coming with you, it's like that's like a full day to get where you need to go. This is like me going for audition to the twins. Yeah. I was like, this is going to take me six hours of my day. And yeah, but yeah, of course. For for half an hour or however long it is. Yeah, fifteen minutes, and yeah. then not to hear anything back, and then being like, "For fuck's sake, what am I doing with my life?" But yeah, of course, yeah, that that's the thing about drama schools. You're right. It's it's not just that one off flat fee of forty quid or whatever it is. It is like the train fare, that, and it's so expensive. But it's not just financial, is it? <clears throat> you know, I mean, financial is a big part of it. But if you're taking one or two days off. And if, if you're younger and your parents are coming with you, they can't work because they're travelling with you. So it's just a massive knock-on effect, but it is very, very similar to you going to an audition with the twins Yeah. earlier on. But what I was going to say is about well, when I was working at BAFTA was... So when I got, it, when I got my place and what, we found out how much it was because didn't even think about... Oh, right, yeah, you have to pay for this. Yeah, but you don't at first, do you? you no. Like, well, well, we'll deal with that after. Yeah. The first hurdle is to actually get a place and get in. And then we're like, fuck. Um, I was working, uh, I was on the franking machines, you know, to do the BAFTA invites. Right, OK, <laughs> yeah. And so I had made with my mum a slip that said, if you wanted to sponsor bits of my body, so you could sponsor my brain a brain cell for a pound you could sponsor my finger for 50 quid or an ear or whatever so I put them in the BAFTA invites these little things and I got the biggest bollocking but loads of money really <laughs> yeah oh my god tell me more tell me about the bollocking first oh my god like when BAFTA some somebody had obviously well had obviously made a complaint about it because I hadn't asked I just saw that there was all these invites to you know it's called this earth yeah, awesome. yeah. <laughs> and then so when my boss, you know, said about you know what what have you been doing? <laughs> so I'm really sorry. I just I didn't want to write down people's addresses so that I had their addresses. So I just thought, plus you know, and it costs so much on a stamp. And I, I just thought I just put my thing, my little flyer in. And if anyone wanted to sponsor me, then I'm really really sorry. Anyway, so I lost I lost my job. And then I when I was leaving. There was a massive bouquet of flowers on the side and I took these flowers and it was all on CCTV. No. <laughs> um, and now i am gone back to BAFTA because I'm doing this thing called BAFTA Elevate, which supports working class and underrepresented groups on, uh, on screen. And so there, there's a guy that works at BAFTA and he's like, I remember you, you're the guy. I was like, oh my God, how do you, you remember the flowers. How do you remember that? He's like, the, yes, the Franken machine. I was like, God, it was... So that's funny. And every time I go in there, we have massive cod on. Oh, that is brilliant. That's really gone full circle. Yeah, it's funny, isn't it? So wh- when did the money start pouring in? Um, Just like, you know, like jib, jibs and yeah. drabs and people were so lovely. I mean, Anthony Hopkins paid for my... Final year, my the whole thing. Did he? Yeah, <laughs> which is just lovely, just so lovely. And I, and I, I got a, I got a dance and drama award for two years. That I had to audition for, and then I got yeah jib, jibs and jabs of money that, I, and I used it all for my my travel. You know, all the tra- travel to get into Weber. You know that that's a lot as well. Even coming from South East London was right. I was going to say because travel were, card. You, you know? were still living at home whilst you were training. Yeah. Because obviously, moving out and that's, you don't want to add another yeah. expense to it at all. So you got a scholarship with the dance and the drama thing to pay for the first two years. Yeah, and then yeah, <coughs> and then Sansi Hopkins paid paid for the last year, and I've and I've written written to him, you know, letters. To I've never I've I've never met him. You've never met him. No, and uh, and yeah, you know, throughout throughout my career, I've. 
like kept a little update. And I don't even know if they go get to him. I know he's at Independent and I send a thing every now and again. But I bet they do get to him. Oh, I hope so. That's so lovely. Let's let's just think that the, he reads them, but he just doesn't reply. <laughs> if That's I so am, lovely. I'm really, what really a, grateful. A <clears throat> generous, generous bloke to do that. Yeah. The, fir- the first time I wrote to him, he wrote back and he said, um, I've just bought Snowdonia, a part of Snowdonia, so I can't sponsor you, I'm afraid. Um, and then I was, so I wrote a, a letter back just saying, I'm really, so- I'm really sorry that, that uh, he can't sponsor me, but that's brilliant that he bought Snowdonia. <laughs> I mean, it's an um, excuse, isn't it? Yeah. Sorry, I can't give you any money. I've just bought part of Snowdonia. <laughs> so if, if you want to reconsider, though, I promise I'm going to work really hard. And, and then they wrote back and said that, that they would consider me for, for, for his he does a scholarship and then they said yeah and you didn't have to prove yourself in any way you just sort of just had to prove that you know obviously financially these are my circumstances and this is what you needed this is what I need and, this, and I think because I persisted with it and because I was cheeky with it kind of paid off and you know I'm doing it <laughs> exactly so at the end of that just to knit back before the Brit school and everything else. Mm. <laughs> was that? Because it sounds to me like there was not really anything else that you wanted to do, or no. was there? Um, and I, don't I mean, maybe ma- now. Now I'm jaded and a bit bitter from it all. But no, not really. I know you're joking because you don't seem bitter <laughs> or jaded at all. No, I am. I am. You are. Some nice no. I mean, I find it. No, we can talk about it because. <laughs> Look, every day isn't great. We know that. Oh, my God. Well, and it's yeah, I mean, really hard. It's really hard and it's really hard to stay positive sometimes. Yeah, it is. And I think it's really important that you're honest. To talk about it. I, I, mean, I think it's really important to talk about it, yeah? Well, you know what it's like. I mean, I've just had a run of... No, 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 no. And it's hard to pick yourself up again. And especially now I've got... No young family, and um, my husband doesn't work as a teacher anymore. He is—he's a writer, and obviously that's precarious. And you know, wa- waiting for one of his things to to go away, which it will do because he's fucking brilliant. Um, but um, yeah, there's that added thing, isn't there? Added, but it's not just about just getting a job just for your soul and to feel like creative and. Um, but also financially as well. And so having, you know, it's like having long periods of when you're out of work. I mean, and I do go off and, you know, to go off and do other stuff, you know, still that obviously isn't acting just because... Yeah, because we have to. Because you have to. Yeah, because we um, live in the real world. Well, yeah, and which is great as well. Like, I, lo- I love going off and working, doing normal stuff because then you meet normal people. Yeah, and you can, yeah, of course. And you're living in the real world and you can draw from all your experiences and... Um, yeah, in fact, one one of the best things, and uh, when I didn't get the I, the I Daniel Blake, um, which I was gutted about, and I think about a lot, but I ended up working in a in a food bank because of it, um, in in my local area. And, Did you? Yeah, and it has been like one of the most uh, like humbling, and I've met some really great people, and just putting life into perspective and doing something that means something mean, that's meaningful. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And sometimes. You know, as an actor, you think, oh, I don't know what it... What am I doing? What the fuck am I doing? What does it mean? What am... <laughs> I was um, on one of my last jobs. There was, there was a big, big, huge explosion that was happening and it was going to be a big thing. So I thought, I'm going to... It was meant to happen. It was meant to happen, yeah. No, 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 it wasn't like some sort of a horrible accident where people were maimed. No, 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 it was all fine. Everybody was safe. <clears throat> but I knew what was happening. Sorry, I've got a frog in my throat. <clears> throat> Ribbit. Got that. Such a horrible expression, that, isn't it? A frog. Like a frog in a... there. Where did that come from? Because it's green and slimy. Oh, now Sorry. You, that's an image. <laughs> that's an image. Wish I hadn't. Why did, why did I ask? So I thought... <laughs> do you think it's part... I think it's part and parcel of both. Green slimy or... Rusty eyes. Do you think we could stop saying green and slimy? <laughs> um, I did, no, actually, Kelly brought it up, not me. <laughs> Thank you very much. Even worse than Green Slimey. Um, so I was going to video this explosion because I was really wanted to capture it, you know. And I um, I showed a friend of mine, and they went, who's, who's in an actress hall, and they went, in a nice way, but they went, 
God, your job's ridiculous. <laughs> and then I went, oh, yeah, isn't it? It is kind of quite ridiculous sometimes if you really stop and think about it. Yeah. So it's important to do things that are meaningful. And that, that's one of the good things, actually, about being an actor is you do, you do get a voice. You know, if you've got a little bit of profile, you can talk about stuff that, that otherwise you, you might not necessarily be able to. And I think but that's so, one of the best things. But sometimes so many people, especially if they're... I know a few actors who are very active on social media <laughs> with putting their voices across, and they get shut down by people going, just go and do your acting. We don't really want your opinions about things. And then they'll come back with, well, well why shouldn't have I, I have an opinion? And because oh, just I'm, block them, block those people. But slightly, if I'm slightly more in the public eye, then maybe I can open doors or open somebody's mind and make them think in a completely different way to what they thought originally. Definitely. Who cares what some person behind a screen has to say? If 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 it comes from, you know, being genuine and authentic and and if it comes from a good place, definitely. Yeah, of course. Tell me about the um, the BAFTA initiative that you were talking about. Oh before. yes, that's called BAFTA Elevate. And How so, did you get involved with that? So I've been doing, been working at a um, brilliant company called Green Door, which is Idris Elba's production company who do the show that I do called uh, In the, in long, the long Run, Run. which is great. I love it, love it. With Jimmy Akimbola. Yeah. It's been Friend one of, of the podcast. <laughs> well, he's great, isn't he? Just, well, talk about positivity. I know. I've listened to his podcast and he's got such an interesting story. It really has, isn't he? And that I mean, that should be a film. Well, I think. Talk about never giving up. Yeah. And now look at him. I know. He's so, I find him really inspirational. It's the same with Idris as well. I mean, he's t- he's just infectious with how motivated he is, how he gets stuff done, how he when he says he's gonna do something, he, he does something. I really I admire that in people. And also considering what he did. Yeah. Like back in the day, you know, couldn't even get jobs here at all. He He's doing go... bit parts and family affairs. Yeah, and... he had to go over there where no one knew him. Yeah, and, and reinvent everybody... himself. And then, Well, then everybody's going, oh, who's, who's that guy in the wire? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Savvy. The, 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 the one that you wouldn't touch mm-hmm. and wouldn't give him parts to. And now he's the biggest... Yeah. Well now, he's... He's, well, now he's got power, he's got a voice because of that. Yeah. And he's getting loads of stuff made. Including the, the the first ever West African um, comedy drama series. Is it really like ever, the first one ever? Ever in, in Europe, yeah. So, amazing. So this initiative comes from, <clears throat> does it come from his company? No, so what happened was there's, there's a writer um, called Grace, he's a friend of mine, um, and she is, writes on In the Long Run. And she just, she, 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 so she was part of the BAFTA Elevate last year when it was for writers. Right. And we just went and had a cup of tea and whatever, and she said, I really think you should apply for this. I think this is you. This is, you know, being um, from working class stock, from being a a newish mum, you you, um, should apply for this. I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, I'll do it, I'll do it. And so I wrote wrote my application. You You have to have done a certain amount of, stuff mm. and and say why why you feel like you're hitting the glass ceiling as it were and how can BAFTA help and so and then I got and I got a call to say <clears throat> to say that I was selected and I, I just burst into tears like I'd had such a funny run of things in terms of work in work and it was just like this little candle yeah <laughs> and it felt really nice to for someone to say yeah we believe in you and um yes there's 21 of us and they're all all very different, and from all different walks of life. Yeah, right. Um, yeah, they, I mean, have have a look at all, all the brilliant people that's on there. And what is it? You, what is it that you do, or what is it oh, that yeah. you hope to change? <laughs> so, so, so there's so it's a bit like being at drama school. A bit that we do. So there's lots of roundtables. Like we had a roundtable with um, Dexter Fletcher and um, Martin Scorsese, and Who? Um, well, exactly. <laughs> Um, and and so they've given us a, a, a wish list wish list of five people who we'd like to meet, um, you know, to connect with. And so <clears throat> they're going to try and facilitate that, and they're going to try and within BAFTA just 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 have an eye on about 
women's roles, right. about diversity, not in, just in front of the camera, but behind the camera. That's something about working, you know, within the long run. It, it's the first ever, ever production company where it has been completely split half and half with uh, ethnicity and gender. Incredible. And that, you know, I've been going for 20 years. So that's... So that I think, yeah, BAFTA has started to realise, and especially like with recently with the whole like BAFTA so white and... Well, and, even, and the Oscars as well. And the Oscars with, and know. female, you know, female representation. I mean, no women up for directing and... It's kind of embarrassing, I a mean, bit ridiculous. Yeah, you know? it is. It's just stupid. And, and I go and see lots of films and I think, oh, why, why haven't they seen that film that I've seen? Or, um, yeah. Yes, yeah, so, and, and also about disability as well, you know. It's also part of our world and we need to reflect it on screen. So. Well, it needs to be embraced <clears throat> and, you know, companies like, is it Green? Green Door, yeah, yeah. who are, you know, making an active change. People need to follow suit with that. Yeah. It's, you know, now more so than ever. Because they're the best stories. That, and when we all work together, all do, you know, that that's when it's... At its best, isn't it? Well, everybody's story yeah. deserves to be heard. Definitely. And it just gets a bit boring if it's the same old, same old. Because yeah. we've seen it for years. But I am seeing a change. I, um, I don't know if they still do it. Well, they must do because it was only a couple of years ago. I did... There, would, uh, there was an initiative, there was a scheme that Channel 4 were back in and they were doing three one-offs, I think three half hours, um, for... New writers, but more importantly, new female writers. So they had to be female writers. They had to be, like, first-time female directors. Mm -hmm. And the one that I did was a female DOP. I mean, it was just, like, the strongest female-led crew that I've ever been on. (laughs) And it was just incredible. And the stories were great. And uh, her one got nominated for a BAFTA. And it's like, right, okay, there we go. Yeah. If you open the door... Proofs and pudding. Well, let let everybody in to tell the stories... And great things can come of it. Yeah. Do you think you're seeing a change, though, you know, from a female perspective? <sighs> or what would you want to happen more? Um, I think, personally, like, since I've become a mum, I feel like I've got, more, I've got more in me. I've got more stuff to give. And, and like, you know, and, I've, and I've, because I'm older as well and I've... Lived a, you know, I really feel like I've lived a life, and I've yeah. And we I've, all know you're 23. Come and on, I've just... known, but, <laughs> I've known, but I've done, you know, I've done stuff. I've experienced stuff. And I keep saying stuff, but I don't really know how to articulate no, myself. Um, but yes, so personally, I, I feel like I've got a lot to give, and um, you know, going up for a couple of lines or a scene. Twenty years in, I just want. I just want, I want, want more to... Well, like, well... And I feel that because I'm past 35, sometimes um, not getting those, getting the opportunity to, to be seen as one of the big players, you know, to be... Do you, without putting words into your mouth, are you... <laughs> no, put words into my mouth because I just say stuff, <laughs> stuff. There's so much I want to say, but, I, I, you know, it's hard, isn't it, to... It is really hard, but here is like dead safe and you don't have to say anything you don't want to say. No, I'm worried about what I'm going to say. Well, equally, <laughs> if we finish this and you go, actually, I've got more to say, you just come back on and then we can talk about it more. It's absolutely fine. <laughs> the four-hour podcast. <laughs> uh, we've done a few of those, don't worry. Um, I don't feel like I've moved... Sometimes I don't feel like I've moved on and I've got lots to give. And But do you... Are you saying without saying... Not just that... me, though, not just me. No, no, like... no, but I, I... <clears throat> as you're getting older... Yeah. <clears throat> are you finding it increasingly more difficult? Yeah. You are? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just because there's so a lot of the scripts... I mean, Idris is aside, um, because that is... That is it. Other projects that, that I get scripts for, it's the same. Nothing's moved on with, you know, the main protagonists are male, and so you're playing 
male, white, yeah. same old and then people. You're, you might be playing the wife character who's got a scene. Who's a, who's a facilitator of information. Yeah. Who go, doesn't have a name. Yeah. He's just called mom and you think, fucking hell, she's not mom. She's got so much to give. She's, she's got, a human being. She's a human being. Yeah. Where are, it can't just all be... So, so I find that the I feel like I'm at the, my juiciest, but I'm not. I haven't necessarily got the the right script to. But saying that, I've, I'm just it's given me a kick up the bum to do some writing. I was writing before I had my twins, and now I'm there. You know, at nursery, I'm able to. Well, I was going to ask that because you seem someone who's, <laughs> um, you know, needs to vent and needs to get things out. And sometimes the best thing to do is get it out on paper. Definitely. Sometimes, even if you're not going to do anything with it, sometimes I oh, just. Oh, no, kind of... I want to do stuff with it. Exactly. <laughs> well, then you should. Oh, I am, I am. And, and that is, that is, and that's the reason why I think this, this is all happening. I just need to do, do it myself, you know. And so I, I bloody well will. <laughs> and so I've been write, I've been writing. I've got got a couple of really really good ideas bubbling away that I've just started to sit in my little room and 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 get down. And it's it's been really cathartic. And also I want to I want to work with my mates as well. Like I've, yeah. I've got same you know same as you. Some I want want to be working with with people who are brilliant and super talented and you know. And decent. <clears throat> we all want to work with good, decent people who are really good at the job. So I want to create that. Basically, I just want to be yourself. <laughs> Don't we all? Kelly Shirley, thank you so much for coming on. That was gorgeous. Oh, thank you for having me. You're bloody welcome. Aww. And another episode is done. What an absolute ray of sunshine Kelly is. And that was the first time we'd met as ever. And uh, she's very bubbly. I think she was slightly nervous at the beginning, but we soon got into it. I'm just really sad that we were too busy talking and we didn't touch any of those biscuits. And I don't know where they went. I've got a feeling producer Griff might have uh, sneaked them into his bag before he left. But like, it's just a theory. It's not an accusation. Um... Well, uh, look, I better go because uh, I'm on the school run, so I've got to leg it. But have a fantastic week, and hopefully I'll see you first on the 28th of March at Not Quite Light Festival, and then the next day, the 29th of March in Birmingham. Tickets are they are selling fast, so do get in there. I'm not just saying that. Um, I'd say I'd say you know there's loads of tickets left. Just come down or turn up when you want. But no, they are selling even more so now. We've announced the guests. Um, well, look, have an absolutely cracking week. You know you can get hold of us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. We are at Two Shot Pod. And if you do fancy supporting the podcast, we always need your help because we do do this for free. And we are on patreon.com forward slash Two Shot Pod. Um, what do you want? Price of a cup of coffee? Pint? You know, a pound, a dollar, you know, a month? Whatever. Whatever you can afford. It's a really great model. And the reason I keep pushing it is because it it changes from month to month. Some people go, Craig, you know, I can afford $5 this month, so I'll do that for a few months, but then it has to go down to a pound or I have to stop for a few months because, you know, our financial situations change all the time. Um, But all the help that we get, you know we appreciate it. And also, with the tour on the first week of May from going to city to city, We are going to get some more badges, and also for the new Patreon people listening, you are going to be getting some badges. I know we've had some addresses through on Patreon. We'll just wait a few few more weeks for a few more addresses, and then we'll do a big post out. But also, we're going to be doing some new merchandise. Uh, I've had some brilliant ideas when I asked a couple of weeks ago on Twitter, um, including mugs, stickers, uh, t-shirts, sweatshirts. So we're going to be looking into all avenues and seeing what is best. And also get some really quality merchandise. You know with the badges, they're just the best quality. And I'm not going to palm you off with a load of rubbish because that's not what we're about. Um, and hopefully we'll be back next week with not a rubbish episode. So until then, I've been Craig Parkinson. He's been producer Griff. And this has been 
the Two Shot Podcast. You take care of yourself. Stay sound. The Two Shot Podcast is presented by me, Craig Parkinson, recorded and produced by Thomas Griffin for Splicing Block. Our music, our brilliant music, is courtesy of Then Thickens. 